Welcome back to Cold Beer Hot Tapes. Happy New Year. I'm Tim. I'm Kieran. Um, this is uh, this is year two of uh, Cold Beer Hot Tapes, right? It is. Well, let's start off. What are we? Hold on, wait. I'm gonna. I, I have this set up for effect. So ready. I hope that comes through nicely. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're we're starting this year's uh, season with a. Uh, Narragansett and whatever episode we're on now. I don't even know what we're up to. 26. 26? Holy shit. That's conveniently the age I just turned. Wow. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. So this week we're talking about uh, JME's um, Grime MC. Um, so interesting. This is going to, I feel like we're going to come off as huge snobs for reviewing this album because, in terms of the hurdles we had to go or you had to go through to get it, because it's not on any streaming platforms anywhere. How did you acquire this? Uh, give us the background story on this. All right, so Man- Mans was on Twitter, and <laughs> <laughs> Mans was on Twitter, and it saw Jamie peep the link, hopped on the Boy Better Know website, cop four for the gang, big ups the whole crew, all the all the grime fans. Uh, but yeah, you know, ten pounds. Um, Jamie ate the shipping cost himself. Wow. Um, what a what a, what a mensch! Yeah, really. No, like I I could tell that, uh, especially since the uh, vinyl sold out almost immediately, and there's like an HF, HMV exclusive in the UK, mm. so it was really the only HMV, way. HMV, the uh, British uh, FYE, right? Basically, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was really the only way international people could get it, and at least he was accommodating enough for it that he was like, okay, the least I can do if it's not available for international is at least shipping's free. So. Which he did. So, yeah, year of our Lord 2019, we decided to, well, you decided to buy four Grime CDs and have them shipped across the pond uh, to us here. And I, that is a fair, to listen to this album, because it's still, I think the only place you could really uh, digitally get it right now is like on like Google Play or like iTunes and Amazon store, but you have to purchase it. Like it's not available for streaming on like I, like Apple Music or, uh, or uh, Spotify. But this is the first time that I think, I don't even know how many years that I like took a CD and put it into the CD drive of my computer, which my computer still has. And I have not used also in years to burn it on to burn it into iTunes. Yep. And then I had to plug my phone into the computer. And the reason I'm announcing this process, cause I have not done it in like five years. <laughs> it's been a well, it really, be nice. it was, I haven't done it in so long. Like I just, I, I've been streaming for predominantly for the past few years that like the process of burning a CD onto my computer and then, uploading it onto my phone was extremely jarring and weird and it felt like i was in like 2011 again hey i mean i appreciate throwing it back uh when when anderson pock was uh shipping out copies of his cds with uh his album recently i had to do that too i'm like well if i have all these copies of uh ventura might as well rip one of them instead of illegally downloading it because i have it so might as well right yeah Um, so in this case i mean actually you could just illegally download this album Probably right. Yeah, I think people still do that. At this point, um, Jamie's given his blessing for that because, yeah. as he says, he's literally been like at the post office, like mailing stacks of CDs out at the post office, and just that visual of like, uh, uh, man's got a couple more. Hold on, is holding up the queue in a, in a North <laughs> London post office. But Royal Air mailing it. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we went through a hurdle to to get to this get to listen to this album uh which i feel like is 
far beyond the convenience of listening to music we are accustomed to at this point. Um, which is good and humanizing and reminds you that there is actually a human cost in music being made, which the digital economy has kind of obfuscated for us for the past couple of years. Absolutely. And it kind of was nice to reground myself on that. But I think this is also like the first time on this podcast, like we both had like to get a CD copy mm-hmm. and then and then like handle it from there. Like other than other for everything else we've talked about, we've either like streamed it on Spotify or like Bandcamp or something. Like it's, it was Jada picked it up from the post show after seeing the group. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like been a digital native thing until now. Um, but yeah, no, so happy we did that. Um, and the album came out probably like what, like the late December. Um, we've been yeah. sitting on this one for a while, but, um, it's the second grime album we've ever talked about, and I, uh, besides uh, his brothers, uh, Jamie's brother Skepta's album we talked about last summer, I believe, and this is Jamie's uh, first four album in four, four years. Yeah, four years. And the last one that came out was uh, late 2015. Yes, um, which was honestly my introduction to him because I heard that around the same time that I really, like, I've, I've heard of music before, but like I feel like I did have a little bit of a grime phase when uh when um Kanichiwa came out and I was like yeah, going was, out and listening to the rest of the boy better know ecosystem. That was that was a, that was a real little little vibe. Uh, big ups, Derek. Derek was on our one of our radio shows when we were in college, and he uh, oh yeah he blessed the crew with um a couple of grime albums. I think he had given all of us a uh, microphone champion, which as it stands is Skep's one of Skepta's more uh, weak albums, but it really sparked the uh, the reinterest. Um, got deeply re into Dizzy Rascal around then too. Absolutely. Um, realized that my sister had put me on to a lot of Boy Better Know like when it was still fresh because. Like going back through a lot of this, and like, this is already like deeply lodged in my head. It's like listening yeah. to Spirit Serious again and knowing like all the hook to it already, which you know, Jamie's first tune from 2007. Let's bop your head to the beat. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's been around for a while, and um, and I mean, as has Skepta, I feel like they've kind of existed, he's he's been rapping longer, really, really. So, actually, I think he kind of alludes to it on um, the first track here, um, 96 bars of my life um so he was rapping before skepta skepta was more of like a dj producer Mm -hmm. but like you know being a good older brother he didn't want him going to like these these uh clashes alone Mm -hmm. so he'd go with him and then eventually just started rapping as well but jamie was the first one rapping in the the adenuga boys shout out julie though and they're uh and he's and he's you know they're both i think like extremely I mean, they're two of the most well-known grime MCs in in, in the in the world at this point, yep. and they are amazing. But there is a huge difference, I think, personality-wise. And we were just talking about this between yep. the two brothers, and I feel like this album definitely reflects reflects his own like personal mythos and um, and how he presents himself. And it's massively different from Skepta, um, even though they're like literally coming from the same family. They're oh, brothers, yeah. but... you know, it really made me think that I know for the past like couple of years mostly as a bit i've always been like jamie's the thinking man's adenuga brother (laughs) but like the more i listen to this album the more i'm like there is definitely actually some validity to that statement where skepta has always well not always it's it's definitely something that's gotten worse the older he's gotten he's gotten a bit more jaded and just like okay i've seen this I've done the major label thing and it sucked. I've been burned by it. So I'm like, I was looking over my shoulder and like, 
watching out for everyone. That kind not, of... not necessarily like paranoia either. He's just like, you can tell he's a frustration. He's, 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 he's wary of things. Yeah. And that has illuminated a lot of his work since his like resurgence around the, the that's not me into the Konnichiwa launch. Yeah. And you could see that Jamie is not nearly as jaded about things. And I think that makes for a more... That's not to say that this album doesn't like have its pulse on like what's going on in the world. And there's some like good social commentary and like a good amount of like not unpleasant or like overdone navel gazing from Jamie here, but he looks at things in a much more relaxed manner than Skepta ever does. Yes. There's a little bit less like just inherent suspicion to how he handles himself. And he also like runs in I, what, from my perception, like much different circles, where it was like Skepta seems to like, you know, he's. Uh, I think at this point it's fair to say, in terms of like a commercial artist, definitely a little bit on a higher tier than JME at this point. In well, terms that's of ASAP like, Skeppy, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like there is like he's definitely existing on like a higher level, or not higher, but a different level of like what being a commercial pop artist is in the world. You see him at like. You know, a lot of fashion shows. He's doing songs with Drake and ASAP and the ASAP crew. <coughs> and Jamie does not necessarily run in the same circles. And even like the pop soul, pop culture world that he lives in is like weirdly adjacent to like YouTube and game culture. Like, oh, yeah. he's super tight with like that guy KSI who's doing all those like boxing matches with one of the Paul brothers, <laughs> which is which is kind of funny. And he's like. Uh, and I was doing some research, like, uh, and this this is extremely out of my pocket because I'm not like familiar with YouTube at all, and I don't really care for it. But like, he's like super involved with like a bunch of these like YouTube personalities that include KSI, and there's like a block of them. And they're called like the Sidemen, on um, <laughs> the Sidemen. And, and KSI KSI is a part of it, and he apparently shows up in their videos a lot. They do like charity soccer matches, and he's like very involved with that scene. And you hear it in his like. Um, you know, he's also very clearly extremely online. Um, and, and then you hear in his, in his music a lot, like references to the PC master race, yeah. like that kind of shit you'd only hear if you're on, uh, Reddit or Twitter too much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's not as self-serious as his brother. It clearly runs in like a different, uh, like layer or I guess uh, or vertical or like network of like the pop British pop culture world and American pop culture world yep. than his brother. Um, so, and, and I think all of that kind of makes sense when you, when you listen to this album, like he's definitely not as serious about himself, definitely not as jaded. And he's also extremely fucking funny when he wants to be like oh, some yeah. things he said in this album, like had me genuinely like they were, they were some just great lines. I, I, I think I think one of the fantastic. ones that every time it killed me is can't see me like Japanese porn. And I was like, he just, <laughs> yeah. he just said that. Or the one that was like, I think it was on a uh, pricks where he's like, uh, you can't, you can't ask Denzel for a clean version of training day. You can't, there's no clean version of Michelangelo's work without the, with the penis hidden. Yeah, like, and I'm like, you just saying shit like that. And it's just like, I, <laughs> He loves like weird pop culture references, but he also delivers it in like very funny and unique ways, and that's also something like I'm a sucker for in 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 music. Like I fucking love pop culture references. I love when people are saying that shit. It, it it's like oh I know that too. I don't know if that's like. And I think I love I love knowing shit and people yeah call it, it out at the same time. It, it's know? one of those things I got to give Jamie credit especially for it because it could also just be the nature of grime, but in like an American MC's like. 
in their kind of voice, so much of this could come off as so hackneyed. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like current day Kanye kind of making a pop culture reference, but Jamie is far too nimble of a rapper to like. You you really just stop for a second, like, wait, what the fuck did he just say? Yeah, and. And you listen to it again and you laugh because he kind of leans into it and not in the way that like Skepta will pause after saying some clunky bar. Yeah. But like, you know that he's mean mugging in the studio as he's saying it. Whereas Jamie, you know, has kind of got that sly smile on his face because he knows what he said. You know, if you were close listening closely enough, you know what he said, but he's not going to linger. on it. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't pause and like wink at you for it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like whether or not he's like trying to flex or just like make a joke, like he'll just throw it out there and it just feels very like stream of consciousness and you can tell i agree he's probably sly smile about it but he's not giving it a breath or pausing a beat to like wink at it which is which honestly helps the delivery a lot because i feel like a lot of the stuff for us us americans uh does not always like go one for one like there's a lot of those bars that like skepta has that i'm like i I bet you somewhere in the uk people are like this is the hardest shit i've ever heard and i'm like this is kind of yeah, dorky uh, as fuck. Like you know. Black Adidas jumpsuit Twitter is going crazy for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and I'm just like, yeah, all right, all right, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, but I, I for for as, as a whole though, I I really like this project because I think honestly though, the closest parallel of something that's come out recently is probably Wiley's Godfather album from like 2017. Yes, where that was like a at the time was a big like reasserting like no like no I'm I'm that guy. Because at the time, Dizzy Rascal's kind of still done that, like, doing those, like, club tune remix kind of things still. Yes, yes. And doing a lot of stuff with, like, Sean Paul and other, like, yeah. dance musicians. And, and not to say that Wiley's Godfather wasn't, like, also a solid, like, grime project. But, I mean, it suffered from the tropes of just being overlong and, again, a little bit self-serious. Yeah. And here, of course, like we've reiterated, Jamie doesn't take himself as seriously. He... Much like Wiley, mainly focused on, like, you know, these are the core guys. Like, the features here are Skepta, Wiley, Giggs, yes. uh, President T. And shout out to President T doing the the little drop-in line. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to, Pre- like, President T. And yeah. he comes in and does the ad-lib. I'm like, appreciate that. Very old-school uh, mood. But it's, like, it's really, like, a, it's a it's a family kind of thing. It's all, like, um, old, uh, roll deep bbk like yes. old school like it's people what, who have been in his orbit for a you know a the, the guys with they were they were going to cypress together and like i was six kind of like yes when they were boys and i think that's one of the best strengths about this album too because also like production wise like this is just a extremely straightforward grime album like there's no attempt at no yeah there's no there's here. no crossovers there's no there's no asap nas doing a bad hook there's there's no no offense key but like key's not popping up here for no reason yeah but at the same time, even though it's 2020 and grime has been a genre for it, give or take 15 years, I appreciate how the production here still sounds as futuristic and bloopy, bleepy, weird. <laughs> I love it, it as it's, it did then, and and, and I, it manages to hold its own. But also, it has like some of the finer bits of like that I like about grime, where it's like sometimes you have like songs that are just essentially like extremely hard drums, and then just like these weird synths that are just like bouncing all over the place and the melody is like weird as fuck and then i i think like dead uh, dead man or dead is exactly yes, absolutely 100 percent. but then the drums are so staccato and in your face and aggressive and, and uh big zoo comes in and really like cleans up 
bats clean up there. Oh my like, god, his his verse is excellent too. Like he just comes and I I really like that too on Dead Man or Dead because it's like the third song. It's a, I think the fourth song on the album, yep. but it's the first of the future and it's like a great like palate cleanser because like. Just as you think he's about to get too far in his own pocket, like Big Zoo comes in and just like knocks it out of the park with an excellent, just more baseball metaphors here, um, yeah. and, and an excellent verse. Uh, cricket, yeah, he, Cr- he cricket, yeah, a- yeah. <laughs> hit a century. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, think that's, uh, I think that's a thing. But uh, even like the song before that or two is like uh, it's a mad is like I love the beat there has like all the core like things I love about grind beats is just like weird electronic synths, hard drums. And my favorite one trumpet that they, they throw yes. in. <laughs> yes. And like, but also I love how like you like that, but also how it just kind of like you either have that or some like slithery little like synth line. That's either like some kind of synth trumpet, just like kind of like tossed in as like that third element in the background that like you just hear it's not overpowering but like you can't not hear it and it's i love that shit when it's just like an added layer of the little trumpet that, or the that little, je ne sais quoi of a grime beat or like yeah that little like height like that synth line that is like not the main melody but it's just adding another it's layer it's just there. whiny enough you can yeah. hear when you hear it you can only hear it but like yeah. it's not doesn't draw too much attention to itself no or it's like over filtered or something but it's like once you hear it like i'm not on hearing it but i appreciate that little notion i'm not sure what it does for the song but i i, I think it's great yeah like i it's one of those things now where like because of how this album was released i kept meaning to check like all right who produced most of this and i think it's mostly the usual specs of like jamie himself I think Skepta did one or two. Predator did yeah. did a couple, of course, but like the production here is all just very good. And then, like as you had said, like I think the features are interspersed in a good way. In that Jamie knows that even though he handles most of the verses and hooks here, that there's that stretch of him bringing in other features for variety. But then, like track thirteen to the end, mm-hmm. it like. Yes, 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 men through brothers and sisters. Yeah, it really slows down a lot. Yeah, like move on has that real like. I swear that's a sample of like Sonic the Hedgehog, like two D Sonic mm-hmm. the Hedgehog, like getting in the ball and getting ready to speed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which makes the melody of the song. But it's so like I don't even know if it's strictly like 140 BPM, but like it's way more laid back he's kind of leaning into the hook and having fun with it and like that tempo change kind of rides out the rest of the album as he kind of continues to like kind of kick game for for a lot of the the young uk guys which i i actually liked as a whole um was it i think maybe it was pricks but also could have been another song where he really takes time to like shout out guys that are currently on the come up and like bubbling in the uk now yes and emphasizing like there's no one single path to get to where you need to be because like whatever i did is different than what ag tracy needed to do or what any of the Mm -hmm. other like bubbling uk guys are doing and then like later on in the back half he makes sure he's like Okay, yeah, UK drill is different, but like you know, I remember when people were like grime's not a thing. So yeah. he's like, I'm not gonna be like an old fogey that condemns like the youth doing their own thing. And I think even at 34, he does a way better job being like an elder statesman. I was about to say, yeah, yeah kicking yeah. game without being preachy and like talking down on the new generation, which I think a lot of the uh, American guys could take a note from. Absolutely. Because like it's not saying this is his uh four 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 because you know, Jamie also makes it clear that he loves his wife and not in an obnoxious chance way. He's kind of he's kind of a wife guy on this album. Like he's like 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 something. I think I think it's on uh, Pricks or is it Matt? It might be it's one of the first few songs of the album where he's like uh, 
girls slide in my DMs like, no, I'm going home to my wife. Like, he just throws it in there, but I feel like it just has have, like, like he doesn't, like, dwell on it too long or, like, make it a constant, but it yep. is kind of funny. He's like, nope, going home to hang out with my wife. Like, this guy's also a Twitch streamer, too, so, yep. like, it's it's kind of funny how, like, evident of a homebody he is, like, oh, through yeah. this album, too, which is, like, a weird... Uh, a weird thing to relate to but uh or him being like the only contract i signed was with my wife i'm like okay well <laughs> good for you <laughs> very faithful marriage um but you were saying before like that like last section of the album is like kind of slows down and gets to focus on him again and i do think and i assuming this is deliberate because the album does kind of feel like it's it's roughly uh, well it's, it's 18 songs it's about an hour but it does feel like there is more or less three parts to this you have like that first part that kind of like is a bit of an intense build up with the first three songs like uh, 96 of My Life, Pricks, and uh, Is Mad, and then uh, goes into Dead Men Are Dead. Then you start introducing some of the futures, and you have like that really heavy midsection where it is extremely future heavy with like Knock Your Block Off and Ding Ding Ding. Um, also, I, I, and, and then so I'll come back to this, um, but then you have the final third where he kind yeah. of like recenters it back on himself. And it's a really interesting structure to the album, and it's not like super rigid, but it is apparent. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's almost as if like okay, because it starts off with '96 of my life, where he's really like okay, you know, me and my brother doing the grind MC thing. I took student loan money for university to pay like rent for my mom. I was driving without a license for like the first three years, going to do shows. Like I skipped graduation to do a show, like all those kind of things, and then like okay, but also now I'm here. Like, I'm happy with where I am. And he's kind of, like, reflecting up until, like, Nang. And then, like, as the features come in, it's like, all right. Like, these are the guys I came up with. It's, like, kind of, like, reminiscing with your friends about, like, man, remember when we were doing all this shit? And then, like, the back third kind of is like, okay. Like, what's going on in the world? Like, what what can I look back on my legacy? And since, you know, he doesn't take himself as seriously as someone else would, none of this really feels hackneyed, even though... In, like, less deft hands, something like Change or Brothers and Sisters could be way cornier Yeah, in yeah. less deft hands. Yeah. But it's not because I think he's just – he. It, it just feels breezy enough that it doesn't really uh, – the corner elements uh, – there's not enough, like, focus on them to dwell on, you know, that long, which which is which makes this interesting. And as yeah. we mentioned earlier, like, he doesn't really pause a beat to get the cornier moments it's, like, do – but um, one song I did want to come back to, as I mentioned before, um, Knock Your Block Off. Yeah. Um, Big tune! Absolutely. The, the like, this is the most gigs, gigs verse I've ever heard of all time. It is like a, it has everything I expect from him in terms of cadence and lyrics and subject matter. I, when I, when he said, <laughs> when he said if, when he said, you know, like, if man got the old school gigsy mixes, bring out the gigglers, I could not contain my laughter. But I was like, this is still excellent. Like, this is still a great, great verse. Like, it's awesome. It's got, like, its own, he, like, builds his own structure and plays around within it. But he's just, he's, it's so fucking funny. I'm also convinced that Giggs is on DC's payroll because he makes these one Batman reference a bar, a verse, and every time it just kills me. And like every time he makes one, it's like my favorite song. <laughs> like, like every time, like I think my, what's, what's the one off the Drake album from a few years ago that he's uh, on? K- KMT. Yeah, KMT, and he makes a Batman reference in that one. But Batman. It's, 
Actually, he closes on the Batman reference, which makes it even still, like more memorable than it could have been. And this one was like, yeah, man, I wish Batman out here, but Joker's bring out the Riddlers. And, I, and that comes immediately after the Giggler's line, which is like, oh, my God, it's 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 so it's it's so fucking funny. I I don't know. I, it, I don't even know if it's like intentional as a punchline, but like I can't I can't get over how great i think that is yeah i still looking at the verse written down it makes me like it even more <laughs> light up your weed and drink up the smoke because life's a ritual we get the picture your shit's more disney dreamworks kick up the pixar like all right he he also goes very heavy into the pop culture reference but like compared to jamie's kind of floaty voice you know gigs has got this kind of kind of brolic yeah, like yeah, r- Robert yeah. real roadman kind of thing going and every time it's like yeah every time you hear J- gigs on a verse like yeah that's gigs you're not mistaking him for anyone else. oh no 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 and i honestly think that's what makes it so funny is like this guy's voice is like extremely deep and distinct and then when he goes in and just makes like these hilarious like hearing him say the word gigglers like just made me laugh it's, it's even <laughs> funnier because that's that's why he's gigs yeah 100 percent. yeah and like i was like oh yeah when i when i was in a uh, school you know my teachers always said i was giggly so you know it's gigs in it but like this i, I really just like this song so much because it really well, just feels like it's like my favorite song on the album it's the correct follow-up to um man don't care which was one of the strongest tunes on uh jamie's last album in integrity oh yeah and it's like hard-ass beat Giggs comes in mad late and does his his gigs thing. There's a PUBG line that Jamie has. Yes, yes. <laughs> PUBG man's looting a bit. Like, yep, of course. He gets it. PC Master Race. <laughs> yeah, this is the only Grime album that's like aimed at Twitch streamers and people who play Battle Royale games. And also to follow it up, another, uh, I really, but also, I think it's fun when he uh, does change up his cadence around like, the futures a little bit like i feel like on that song he does play off gigs really well yeah because he he, like not that gigs or jamie doesn't ever get aggressive but like when gigs is around he's like all right like you know i'm in my bag a little bit i wouldn't be scared of jamie if i saw him on the street but like you know when him and gigs are rolling together like you know you cross the street you you cross the street because like yeah no it's them two they're out and about but he like has that willingness to like play off like the person he's like featuring with. Like I like uh what's the next song? Ding 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 when he has like President T. Yeah. But they both like start the verse the same way with like ding ding ding. And then I love uh Jamie's line like one punch. Shout out my man's in uh shout out my to my Don's in Cunch. I don't know I don't know fully what that means, but like it's Cunch a place. I I could be. We're gonna look that up. Um <laughs> We're gonna fact check that, but um, I, I love that though. Like when he's like willing to like play off the structure of like that someone else is already setting the tone for a song, and then just work off that. Like I, I think that's fucking fantastic Honestly, for like, a rapper to do, though. Like, same on um on Nang, where it yeah, ha- even the beat has that kind of like it has that self seriousness that you associate with Skepta and Skepta's featured on it. Yeah, it has that and you know Skepta does that thing where. I was saying before we we started recording that Skepta does this thing now where ever since he uh, he pulled up to that Shortix car park and uh, shut it down, he has to mention it at least and one verse a year, and this is the one that he did for last year, which I mean shout to them because you know I mean it is pretty cool. I mean it was a big thing, and it's one of those like you it's one of those actual events you can tie into like the resurgence of grime like toward the tail end of the last decade. Yeah, but. 
Come on, man. Don't don't show up, Jamie, on his on his records. Stop wearing your uh, Letterman jacket. <laughs> Stay away You're from You're 37, school. bro. Yeah. <laughs> no one cared that you were captain of the JV team. All right. Oh, man. Like, it's not quite the same, but I, I feel like there's an element of, like, just I got to bring up my own successes again, you know? I still just lost it because I just saw the lyric from it from knocking Block off to go back to that again for a second. <laughs> Someone being like, "Fam, why is Wiley in an Arsenal kit?" And every time that gets me too, because I guess they're all North London Tottenham guys. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah that's set tripping at, at, at its finest. But I, I just love all of the like the general pop culture references, but then the intensely super British pop culture references that you get on these that also exist just between the people on this album because they've been in the public sphere for so long that they can like take those digs at each other and everyone knows exactly what they're talking about you know yeah i got i i really enjoy this album i i can't wait to give it a spin in a car with the cd because we can do that now it's a it's got some very uh heavy in your face beats which are which are great um i feel like we'd spend most of this time just talking about the subject matter and the personalities of the of the of the people in, in, in in hand here but uh what are your what are your favorite songs from this one? Say my favorites are "Dead Man or Dead." Would agree. Nang, "Bad Man Walking Through," and "Knock Your Block Off." I I'd say uh, "Dead Man or Dead," "Knock Your Block Off," and uh, I'd say what's the one other uh, shit? Why I'm blanking? Um, yes, man, as well. Because I, I do like Wiley's verse a lot there. But uh, I think. Um, you know, this I feel like the things I like about this album, especially the songs that I like the most, like Dead Man or Dead, um, Knock Your Block Off, I like them for the same reason I like most other grime. It's just big electronic beats that just are very in your face, very just they 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 kinda like just blast and they're have that extremely high BPM. It's quick, it it moves aggressively and that's like how I've always enjoyed grime more or less. Like that's the thing that I've been drawn to most by this genre and JME's music in particular. Like I remember like, uh, you know, man don't care from few years yep. ago. Like that was, I love that song and it's just great hook. Awesome. Just like pulsing, like pounding beat. It's great. And I feel like he, I don't know if it's like one of those, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I feel like he's managed to continually put, have a creative output within this like genre for so long and it's so good repeatedly and this album's no exception and it's, it's excellent yeah and i kind of to actually tie back to i remember i think i brought this up when we talked about uh coffee um i feel like grime is kind of like dancehall in that it's one of those genres that's so single oriented that one like a solid long playing like album comes out mm-hmm. it's some it's something to note because it's something that's difficult to do within the confines of those genres yeah and this is definitely a really good lp um and it's there's a lot of really good lps from the adenuga brothers yep. uh, as a whole collective body work but uh this is definitely one of the stronger ones in my mind i i i really like i did like this a lot better than ignorance is bliss yeah uh, i got the i but I still don't like it more than Kanichiwa. I love Kanichiwa still to this day. It's one of my favorites. But yeah, this is definitely a little stronger than his uh, brother's output from last summer, Ignorance is Bliss. Some good songs on that one. Yeah, but, no, um, there's some good songs on there. But I, the irony is, I think even from what I was expecting in terms of like the crossovers there, 
is that the song he did with Jay Huss there did not hit as like as everyone was expecting it to. Because Jay Huss was freshly out of jail. I was like, oh, it's, yeah. his, it's his first big feature after he got out of jail for knifing somebody. You were having a knife because, of course. Yes. But British stuff. Did not hit like it was supposed to. No. And, uh, you know. Wizkid blessed him, though. Wizkid on, on Glow in the Dark. Is, is it Glow in the Dark? Right? Yeah. Like, that was an amazing song. But, uh, you know, whereas uh, Skepta is one of the best crime musicians in my mind and one of the most iconic, uh, his pop crossover misfires are definitely just not present at all on uh crime mc it's just exactly it's just 18 songs of it's an hour of grime yeah that's it i i'm and i'm i really that's all i want sometimes and i also appreciate that i don't know if you saw it on the actual like cd jewel case there's a big note it's like not mixed or mastered and it's like i appreciate the rawness and sometimes you can hear it because there's some songs where his voice comes in much louder than the beat but like he really is trying to also emphasize the like this is the culture in which we came up where apparently a lot of these old shows were like the uh that's not me video where someone's on stage with the DJ and they're using the microphone or the headphones as a microphone and rapping into the the headphones yes and like i feel like that energy is kind of expressed through the whole project which i guess is one of those intangible things about being a grime mc <laughs> And well, I think we'll end on that. <laughs> but yeah, I guess as a, I guess what we're alluding to is this is a hot tape. Yeah, this is a very hot tape. Um, I think this is a. If you are looking for an, like, I feel like not everyone listens to Graham, and I feel like it's a a little bit of an underrated genre in my mind. Or I feel like most, or we're American, so it's not really something we have here it's never there's no american crime musicians you know it's just not although like we always say danny brown if you ever wanted to you're probably the closest to being able to pull it off i would 100 percent agree with that and i think he's kind of done things that are adjacent to that with that like underground electronic music production he's yep. definitely dived into that area before and so it's like we we have our forms of, of that but crime is a very unique and very british thing and i think it's amazing and if you are looking for an entry point to start listening to Grime, this album is a great start. Yeah. yeah. I, which actually, uh, you know, Schoolboy Q, if you're ever in London, lock yourself in a room with Predator and, and don't come out until you release a Grime AP. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, but yeah, this has been our first episode of 2020, episode 26. Jamie's Grime MC. Uh, hopefully, it'll end up on streaming, maybe by February. If, um, if not pay eight bucks and buy it, it's worth a listen. Yeah. Or ask us for a CD copy if you see us, and we'll give it to you, and you can burn it on your computer and borrow it. Yep. Uh, yep. It's 2007 again. We'll just do that. And keep spread, spreading the circu- or circulating the tapes and everything. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm Tim. I'm Kieran. Thanks for listening. Peace.